When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I'm sharing a recent interview I had with Jeremiah Zagar, the director of the upcoming Netflix film, Hustle. For those not familiar, Zagar is probably best known for his indie drama, We the Animals, which is a film that everyone should absolutely go out and watch. Now he's returning with a much bigger project, a basketball dramedy starring Adam Sandler as an NBA scout trying to find the next player. He thinks he struck gold with a young Spanish player named Bo Cruz, and the two come back to the U.S. to prove to the world that Bo Cruz is a future all-star. This film isn't your typical Adam Sandler Netflix feature, as there are moments of comedy, but plenty of heartfelt drama and excitement that come with sports stories. In our discussion, we talk about the various techniques Zagar utilized to make his basketball film feel different and more immersive than your typical basketball feature. He also talks about how Raging Bull greatly influenced not only the filming, but how they presented the games in the film. The filmmaker also talks about what makes Adam Sandler such a special actor as a star who can not only deliver the laughs, but it can also make you cry with his dramatic chops. But before I get to the interview, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Jeremiah Zagar, the director of Hustle, which arrives on Netflix on June 8th. Enjoy. Hey, Charles. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, man. So you're primarily best known for We the Animals, which was your your last narrative feature. Uh, but the jump from an indie drama with a small budget to an Adam Sandler-led film produced by Happy Madison and LeBron James and coming to Netflix, that's quite the leap. So what was that like and how did you get involved? Yeah, you think it's going to be like a giant leap, but I like your t-shirt, man. Oh, I, thanks. I, uh, I um it wasn't it wasn't so crazy it was just like the truth is filmmaking is filmmaking and it's hard and it's it's grueling and it's uh it's you think it's going to be something else on a bigger budget um maybe harder maybe easier and it's just the same <laughs> it's just hard as shit and every day <laughs> is like you work your ass off to try to make your day and you pray you're going to make through and uh and if you're lucky you do so Adam Sandler gives you the call and says, Hey, do you want to make a movie with me about basketball? Or are you like, I'm in? No, no, I turned it down. Actually. Um, he called me and he sent me the script and I was like, I don't know. I, I was writing something um, more personal. Um, 
and uh, you know more complicated sort of like we the animals and then um i started to think about the script and about how you know working with adam sandler and um and the possibility of making it in a way that i might want to make it and i sort of re-engaged through my agent we started talking about it and um you know adams was was excited about things that i was excited about like working with real basketball players um and you know shooting it in the way that i shot weedy animals so um i started to get excited about it and i said yes and then uh you know two and a half years later here we are <laughs> so you you mentioned like real basketball players there's uh, I mean, Adam Sandler is kind of known for his love of basketball. So you can see in this movie with like every frame, there's just a love of basketball. There's all this insider basketball talk. There's, you know, players like some barely get a, a moment and it's like a blink and you miss it. So did you come in loving basketball or is this just something where you just immerse yourself in it and like left with this love? I came in really digging basketball. I maybe thought I loved basketball, but then I, you know, hung out with Adam Sandler and his crew and I, those people love basketball. Like, you know, I, I, I'm the kind of guy that used to play every day with my friends, but I'm not. And like, I watch the Sixers, you know, every year. Um, and I get a couple tickets, you know, if I can afford them, um, but I'm not like Adam Sandler sitting courtside who knows every single player and what all of them do and how they're doing it and plays every day. I'm, I'm not that kind of a person, but um, I got really excited along with my DP about the possibility of shooting basketball in a way that I hadn't seen before um you know in a way that challenged me and him and and um and that was exciting yeah I was going to ask you about that because you see basketball movies they pop up every now and then you know and and you feel like over the decades we've seen it all you know so what was that like coming in knowing that like you have to prove yourself as like somebody who shoots basketball in a new way well, what did you think? Did you think it was different? Did you? I did. did. It, was, it, it felt very, uh, it felt very immersive, I guess is the best word for me. So I think that was the thing. We started watching basketball and um, most of the movies that we saw, the basketball was filmed in the same way, which is from the outside in. And, and it's the way you watch basketball on TV. You know, you, you, there's cameras set up all around the court and, um, and they are on zoom lenses um, at different focal lengths and you get what you get. Um, it's sort of the POV of many spectators. Um, and then we started watching other sports movies, like the, the sports movies we loved. Um, and the ones that we felt like were photographed the best were the boxing movies. Mm. And we were like, why is boxing so beautifully photographed? Why it's so good? And we realized it's because you're inside the ring with the boxers um, and Zach and I were really Zach Mulligan, my DP who I worked um, on we, the animals with, we were really um, moved by the way that Scorsese shot raising raging bull and specifically in relationship to hustle because raging bull is a series of fights for, I think, and each one is stylistically different. Um, and we also have, you know, four games, um, and each one is stylistically different. And um, and we thought, oh, maybe we can imbue an emotional idea into each of these games visually um, and, you know, audio sensorially, I, I should say. So um, 
so we started to look at Raging Bull and we thought we should just steal everything we could. So we <laughs> we built these um we built these um things we called the Charlie Bar and the it was a it, because in Raging Bull, you know, there's these beautiful scenes where the the fighters are are fighting each other and you're they're looking directly into the camera. They're actually fighting with the camera essentially, almost like us right now, um, except they're kind of doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do in basketball because it's moving so fast. So we built these um these arms stretched out from the player's stomachs um and the camera was resting on the the bar and the 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 operator could then move with the um with the player and then you know we also had a lot of handheld camera inside the court um and then we also built um this uh well i don't know if built but our our um second unit dp tim who had also worked on we the animals um, had got, was an expert at this thing called a Terra, which is essentially a remote control car with a camera on it. And so we had these tiny remote control cars that would spin around the court and through the players' legs and, you know, all this kind of craziness. Um, and then, you know, we we also would just build gizmos, like as, as many as we could to shoot basketball in a different way, you know, whether it was, you know, a plexiglass floor um, or a camera inside a ball, you know, whatever we could, we were just try, trying to figure out different fun ways to shoot the game. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> we think we did, you know, and, and each game had a different ethos and, 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 and we felt like if it was in the perspective of Bo or in the perspective of Stanley, then the audience would relate to the game emotionally. And I think, you know, when I first showed the film to my mother, and the basketball was her favorite part and she doesn't know anything about basketball. I knew we'd achieved something. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right with the, the, you, you mentioned all the gizmos and it's not obvious that you used all those, which I think speaks to how well you use them, but also there's the moment with the drone, uh, which I well, thought was really neat too. I was, if we're going to mention all the gizmos, you can't leave that out either. Yeah. I mean, and, and that was the idea with that was like, you always see a drone used. We actually used a drone a couple of times, you know, some, a lot of times we use a drone, as a dolly so like you know there's there's moments like when he's running on the bridge where you know uh lewis who's who was the second unit dp and tim are using the drone as a dolly which is cool but then we we had this idea that you know the game that he's playing we call it the boa challenge is like a social media bonanza right you know it's like it's just every like thing any kid could use like the tiktok and the 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 drone and like everything you know that that you feel the tangibility and the quality of those different mediums was was important to us yeah but then yeah. you call it out you would see the and you know who i don't know if you've seen we the animals but the kids who operate the drone that's the middle kid from we the animals that's awesome and the two boys next to him are the other two boys from the movie that's great um so switching gears a little bit let's talk about adam sandler um he is one of those guys who can straddle the line between drama and comedy. Obviously he's known for being a comedic legend, but he, and he has moments of being funny in this movie, but you also have him flexing those dramatic chops. What was it like working with a guy like that, who is a comedic force and you're trying to, to juggle that tone between being funny and also heartfelt and moving without, you know, turning this into happy Gilmore. I mean, he also knew the tone, you know, I mean, he's a, he's, he's been acting for forever and he's such a, um, he's such an intelligent, you know, and emotional and clear eyed actor, you know, he's, he's amazing. I think he's one of the best out there. And, you know, I think the role is, you know, very intuitive and um, intimate for him, 
And so, you know, well, I just had to step back and let him do his thing. You know, I would just say, you know, I give little tiny directions, but he really, he really, you know, was so intimate with the character. It was just a pleasure to watch. So you, you mentioned a couple of things there, but you mentioned he is one of the, the best going. I mean, when you look at like uncut gems and you're like, holy shit, that's Adam Sandler and, uh, you know, punch drunk love and all that. But he's up there with like Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Bill Murray as those guys who can straddle kind of both tones really well. What is it about Adam Sandler having worked with him that you think makes him that guy who can do that as well? Be funny on a drop of a hat, but also make you cry. I don't know. I mean, it's I think that's a that's a mysterious thing that that a movie star actor has. You know, I, um, I, you know, you mentioned those guys. I mean, I, you know, Adam's up there are better. You know, he's um, he's he's very natural. And and, you know, you won't. It's it's a shame that, you know, I've worked with a lot of actors at this point, not a ton, not as many as some, but. Um, but he's also doesn't miss like you could, you know, three or four of his takes, you know, all of them are good. They're not, they're different. They're not, they're not, um, you know, he, he's, he never does something that you're, you're, you feel isn't true. And I think maybe that's, maybe that's what it is, is like, he's just a true actor, you know, and you feel the truth in him, no matter what the scene is. And I think, what you're seeing with Wancho and why Wancho is so good too, besides the acting coach, Noel Gentile, who's amazing, who coached him is that he's working with, with Adam and Adam is true and Wancho is true and they rub off on each other, you know? And, and I think that truth rubs off on everybody around them. Yeah. You, you mentioned Wancho. I want to talk about him too, because uh, this movie, like we, the animals, you're not working with, you know, a, a star studded celeb ensemble, you know, this is, these are celebrities, but these aren't actors, you know, and, and Wancho's got to carry this movie as much as Adam does. Uh, and it, at some points, it felt like you're watching them just have a conversation and we were just like filming it, you know, which I think is great. So what was it like? What is it about working with especially, uh, excuse me, specifically the NBA guys that makes it uh, more fun or or challenging or, you know, rewarding? Well, I I love watching people who are great at what they do do their thing, you know, and, the, you know, again, Noel Gentile, who's my acting coach, she works with them. She worked with Wancho for years and she worked with, you know, everybody from Dr. J to Kenny Smith, you know, um, to, um, to Anthony Edwards. And, and, you know, one of the things she instills in them is a, um, an incredible, ability to improvise and they improvise with her and and I think Adam vibed on that like they were able to improvise together a lot of those scenes feel so natural because they actually are happening you know I remember there was this one scene where you know Adam this is like it was the end of our shoot and somebody got COVID and it was really scary you know we were really nervous that it could infect the whole crew and and it was a pretty tense final day um, and Wancho was lying in the bed and Adam comes in and he wakes him up and he's like, you know, the, 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 these, you know, not to give too much away, but he says like, you gotta, you gotta eat these meals. You gotta stop ordering room service. Um, and you gotta stop watching so much pornography. And, uh, and Wancho just goes, it wasn't me. I mean, and that was ad-libbed, ad-libbed and Adam just bursts out laughing. I mean, I, I, you know, it was like this, they, they just had fun together, you know, and it released the tension on set and it just was like, you know, they, they like each other. And that relationship was, you know, in a way true to their acting relationship, you know, mentor mentee relationship. So 
they they were able to experiment and enjoy each other. Um, and I hope that we facilitated that environment. When you're reading the script and you see just, I, well, I don't know how many of the cameos were scripted, but you see just the sheer number of NBA players you're going to have to work with. Did that cause any sort of concern right on off the bat? Or you're like, I've worked with non-actors before I can do this. Yeah, I, I think it was the second. I, I think it's, it, they're all the, it's, a, you know, it's all the same. I, I, I you know, you, you're just, you, you just go in and try to get the best performance possible. I, I don't think having worked with, it, it's a documentary is the same way too. You know, yeah. it's like, you just, you know, all, all you can do is hope you cast it right, to be honest. Yeah. So uh, I assume you're roughly my age. And as such, you probably grew up with Adam Sandler being like an event movie star, A-list dude. So Adam Sandler comes up to you and he says, I want you to make a sequel to one of my films from the 90s or early 2000s. Which one are you picking? <laughs> I would do Happy Gilmore. I love Happy Gilmore. It would be like a darker, you know. Version. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> the, the, the washed up golfer. Yeah. And, and shooters got to come back, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I love when I was a kid, I really, really, really loved that movie. I mean, The Wedding Singer would make have a good sequel, too. You could make a good sequel to that. Do you do it in the 90s? Yeah. I mean, who knows? I, who knows? I don't I don't know. I don't know what, what how you do it. Maybe it's in the future. Maybe it's <laughs> Like Jetson's wedding singer, I, I could, I'd be there for that. <laughs> yeah, Jetson's or Jetson's one would be good. Yeah. Okay. So, um, switching gears just a little bit, talk about Netflix. Um, you, I think, have an interesting perspective because your first movie is a, a small indie, and you work in documentaries, and a lot of those small indies and documentaries now are finding a home on streaming and they're seeing being seen by like more people than ever before. And now you've made a, a big movie for streaming. What's your relationship as a filmmaker with streaming? Do you, do you see this as the way of the future or is this just kind of like where it's at now? I, I don't know. God, I, I mean, I, I have, you know, I have uh, Netflix and HBO and Criterion um, and I watch them. I mean, there's shit that I watch on Netflix. Ethos, did you see Ethos on Netflix? No, no. It's Turkish TV show. It's like unfucking believable And, you know, you would never have it otherwise. So that's cool. Um, you know, I am very tied to theatrical experience, you know, that's where my heart is, you know, and th this movie luckily will be in 200 theaters, you know, um, and I, I think that there's a model that the future holds where movies are released in theaters and then find their way to streaming. And, and I think that would be the ideal, you know, um, that you know like batman did you know like this movie will i think that you know that's the goal yeah uh so before i let you go because we do have to wind up a little bit i want to uh ask you what you got teasing or what can you tease for coming up like what is uh what's next on the slate i have a secret show okay. um, that i'm doing with public record public record is a, a company i own with jeremy yakis who's uh, my producing partner um and it's for apple I can't oh, nice. tell you. What it, I can't tell you what it is because it's secret. But um, that's an unscripted show, non-scripted, non-scripted. Um, that's coming up soon. Um, and I have a, a a show with HBO, two shows with HBO that I've written, um, and hopefully those will get greenlit and come out. And uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what so, happens. So it's interesting to me, at least, that you you're working on TV. Uh, that's also another thing where we're seeing a lot of filmmakers. Uh, who want to get stuff made are going is that is that something that's interesting to you working in that format or do you see that just as kind of like a necessity 
Yeah, I mean, some of the best shit I'm watching is on TV. I mean, Michaela Cole's stuff and oh yeah, Ethos and um, you know, they're, they're like they're unbelievable. Um, I, I watch those. I watch those. You know, I watch those shows and I can't. I mean, Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's true. I love that shit. That's just like it's my. That's my. That's my jam. I don't watch as much as I used to because I have children. Um, and the. Uh-huh. They're- my I have a I have a baby who's turning one this weekend, so like I know all about it. Yeah, so it's like I'm I, I can't I gotta go to bed at nine o'clock, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. stay up and watch TV. That's that's how I feel. Everybody's like, "Well, have you seen new Stranger <laughs> Things?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm no." Talk to me in two months. Like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah I mean, I and people are like you have to watch the show. It's like I have to in ten years because like I'm not getting here <laughs> for a while. Don't worry. Yeah, because then it, of course you have to work and you have to do all that also, so you can't just you know binge tv but uh yeah so i'm gonna wrap up i want to uh thank you for for joining me uh i would wish you luck but this is an adam sandler movie on netflix so we know it's going to be massive um so i'll just preemptively say congrats um you you did it you made a good movie (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to be seen by hundreds of millions of people so it's always a miracle to make a good movie it's a team effort miracle Right, right. And then, you know, people in all over the world are going to see that, which is we were talking about streaming. I think that's a cool thing, even if they don't see it in theaters. So I hope so, man. I hope so. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, man. Uh